Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. And now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Seed Rail.
Don't say we didn't warn you. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Illich. Welcome to episode 30. Can't believe we're actually at episode 30. I know. It didn't seem that long, honestly. <laughs> it does, It really didn't. <clears throat> so, this episode, like I promised last episode, we're going to talk a lot about the You Don't Know movie. Um, Technically, what would it be? Episode 36? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> because of all the episodes of Sibling Rivalry. <laughs> no, no. It, it actually it picks up. Oh. Um, because of, of what happened with Sibling Rivalry mm-hmm. with the whole name thing. Um, after Sibling Rivalry went, we we changed to, to Seeing Red. At episode 7, it was Seeing Red. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was Seeing Red number one after Sibling Rivalry 6. But because we didn't change nothing. Like how we changed Wynn and Burbank to what we think. think, Even though it's the same people. It's still Sadie and I. Mm -hmm. It's a whole new segment. Everything's new. It's completely different from Wynn and Burbank. So we literally started over the count. But with from Sibling Rivalry to Seeing Red... Mm -hmm. Because it was the same exact show, just a different name. Instead of changing it at one, Scene Red 1, mm-hmm. it actually went from Sibling Rivalry to Scene Red 7. But if you go onto iTunes and you look at it, and how I worked it is it says Scene Red's, apostrophe S, Scene Red's Sibling Rivalry oh, 1 through okay. 6. And then it just goes into Scene Red 7. And then it's been Scene Red you know, straight scene red for the last 23 episodes, which that sounds really weird to say. I know. It's weird. <laughs> so how you doing, man? Just been alive. <laughs> Trying to just live, I guess. Surviving. Low money. Get money. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just surviving. You know, doing stuff around the house. Um, back's been feeling bad lately. I don't. I, I don't have know. Have you why. ever? Have you even ever explained? I mean, you've explained it to me, but have you explained the listeners that of what happened to your back? Have you ever actually ever said it publicly? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I'll explain it now, but I don't think I've ever talked about it. But uh, and this is gonna sound stupid, but when I was in seventh grade, and you know, I, I've always, I've never really been flexible. When I was in seventh grade, uh, you know, PE, they do like these little event type things, you know, where it's like, you know, we either do this or, you know, basically a free day or we're going to do like a, a whole game thing. And we, they did a whole game thing called the gauntlet. And what they had is, I don't know if, if anybody ever seen these things. I don't know if you guys, just, when you were in uh, middle school, where they have like the big old foam things that you can stand up and it's like, you know, the pads that you put on the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, they stood them up. Basically, it was like a, 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 basically like a shield wall. And there was about six or seven of them on each side. And, uh, what it was is people would hide behind there with dodgeballs. Okay. Now, what would happen is you had to run from one side of the gymnasium all the way to the other side and they come back without getting hit, right? So you're sitting there dodging balls while you're running through, right? Uh-huh. And um, I made it all the way to the back. And when I tried to come back, I tried to dodge a ball. 
you know, I started running. And this ball almost hit me inside the face. I've seen it coming from uh, the right side. And I, like, did some, try to, <laughs> I tried to do some Matrix Neo shit. <laughs> and, like, I landed flat back with my knees bent completely back. And my back was completely arched uh-huh. at a 90 degree angle. And my back hurt so bad when I went, when I, like, when I got home. Uh-huh. And, uh, they, they sent me home. And by the time I got home, it felt like there was so much fire hitting my back. It was, it, it hurt so bad. And, um, they took me to the doctors. And what they said is I pulled a muscle, uh, right here next to my shoulder blade. Okay. And so every time that rotator cuff would hit that muscle or move that muscle, it would cause it to pinch every time, every time. So I was basically bed, bedridden for uh, two weeks straight. Oh, wow. So I had a icy hot and, you know, heating pads and all sorts of stuff on my back. And my back still hurts still to this day. And, you know, people are like, Rebecca, she's like, you don't know about back pain. I was like, I know about back pain, just not your back pain. Yeah, right. So, I mean... Yeah, you know, my back hurts, and you know if I get up and I, I stretch and move around a little bit, it doesn't hurt nearly as bad. But if I don't do that, my back just aches and aches and aches and aches. Well, was that okay? Because we missed it yesterday. You know, um, Lacey, myself, and the kids, and mom, and and um, the girls. Yeah, we all went to Chuck E. Cheese, and we missed you because I thought that you guys were going to be there too. What happened? Um, like I, I was explaining to you, I think it was in yet the, the other episode, uh, Rebecca, you know, she, she wasn't feeling too good. And like I said, she's got her hours all messed up and she's got my hours all messed up because she keeps me awake with her and I'm like, <sighs> right. Well, since you brought that up and it, it completely slipped my mind because I, I, I forgot, you know, this is actually another episode. Mm-hmm. We're doing two episodes tonight. Um, and that's just because... We're going to start a new recording schedule. Mm-hmm. So this way, there won't be... You know, because when you come over on Mondays at 9 to, to record, you know, obviously, Seeing Red comes out on Monday. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, we can still keep be our... on our, track. Yeah. So that's, that'll work. And all our material still be fresh and new and, and mm-hmm. current. So... And that's that's one of the big things, and that's why... And I don't know if I ever mentioned this publicly, but for a long period of time, we were like four shows ahead. So mm-hmm. when, just for example, when the very first Scene Red came out, we were actually recording Scene Red number five. We were always four shows ahead. Mm-hmm. And then with your guys' wedding, and then I went on vacation, that kind of dropped down and dropped down and dropped down, and to the point where we're at now is literally you'd come over, we'd podcast, and, it's put up the next and, day. and then as soon as you left, I would start cutting it and editing it and having it up, you know, like an hour or two later. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. You know, I've been doing that for about, let's see, we're in July, so... You've been doing that for about six months? Yeah. So if I can get everybody to send in, you know, like for Terry and Reaper Rick... And um, Sadie, well, Sadie comes over Mondays anyway. Sadie, yeah. Sadie comes over from usually seven to nine to to record. Mm-hmm. So we can get it all done. So if I get up like Monday morning, I'll do 
who's the boss? Mm-hmm. And then do my, my regular routine throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Then at 7, do uh, what we think to 9. And then from 9 to, say, 10, you and I, or if Rebecca's feeling up to it, you know, the three of us will do scene red. Yeah. And it, it's just that because I'm consuming so much of my time just editing. Yeah. You know, because I'm waiting for... Okay, for example, say Sunday, like I said, Sunday we'll record, you know, this is our typical schedule. We'll record Sunday. Instead of going to bed, I'll stay up all night cutting it, getting it ready, uploading it, sending it to iTunes, sending it to Stitcher, you know, having it up on our website. Then on Monday, do the same exact thing with, um, you know, S. Sadie and I, you know, our, and then I'll get up on Tuesday, and usually by then Reaper Rick shows in, so I'm record or you know doing that editing, having mm-hmm. it ready for Wednesday, and then I'll get up Wednesday morning, record who's the boss, do the same. So I'm literally Monday, well Sunday through Thursday, five days a week, I'm doing this, you know, doing editing, listening, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it just the the only thing that I miss from the publishing to podcasting is with. Publishing, it all depends on how fast you can read. Yeah. Or how fast you can type and do HTML. So the, the faster you are, the faster you can get done. But that's not the case in podcast. No. You do an hour show, it's going to take you at least an, an hour, hour to listen to it. Yeah. And that's not talking, you know, no, not talking, but it's, that's not counting taking out bloopers or if Cody's trying to, you know, get all crazy yeah. on the mic. <clears throat> and, you know, so that <laughs> takes extra time to stop the show, cut that out, sync it back together to make sure there's no popping, mm-hmm. and then run it. And it just, it's its becoming a lot of work for me almost every day. Yeah. And with the Yotno movie coming up, I feel like, it, I don't want to stop podcasting. Yeah. You just feel it's going to slow down more. Yeah. So if I can dedicate it all for one day, just spend Monday podcasting and editing, mm-hmm. and I'm good. Yeah. So. It's good to get everything done in one time anyway. That way you can just go in when you have free time. Speaking of which, um, I heard that you... T- how fast do you type? I heard you type really fast. That depends, really. I, uh I'd have to get used to certain keyboards. Uh-huh. Like, with your laptop right here, um, it's harder for me to use those because it's the keys don't raise. Uh-huh. But usually when the keys are a little bit risen, I can type really fast. Because I can just be like, I can feel for the keys. Right. And it's not like I, I can... I've never been one of those people that's, like, super anal. I gotta have the home row keys. No, I, I don't do that. I do what they call is chicken pecking. Mm-hmm. You just I do, do it really fast. Yeah, and I don't look at the screen, so when you know I have when I need to go back and edit, I just go back in real fast. You know, delete, go all the way back. So, well, let me ask you this, and then we'll get to what the reason why I asked you if you type fast. Have you seen the new projector keyboards? Oh, the the little laser things. Yes, I have. Oh my god, that's cool. I think. Was it Office Max? And they had one of the little projector things, and they had the touch screen monitors that are like super huge. 
Awesome. <laughs> they went four thousand dollars for it though at the time. That was really? a few years ago. Yeah. Well, now it's and I seen this on Facebook. It's a little projector, and it you can shine it or not shine it, but project down onto a, a flat surface. Yeah. And there's no key. There, I mean, it, there's a picture of a keyboard, but there's no actual keyboard. Mm-hmm. But it tracks your fingers where you go. Mm-hmm. So you're just you're literally touching the table. Mm-hmm. But every time you hit a button, you know, what looks like a button, the sensor's picking it up and it's saying, oh, you're hitting an A or you're hitting an S. Yeah. That's so. the thing, like, it would probably have to get some used to. Because, I mean, you have so much height with the thing. And then, like, you'd have to constantly have your hands over it or else it would probably pick up every key. You know? Right. That's true. So. Well, the reason I ask is because once I finish... The, the first draft of the Yotnam script, I need it typed up. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned this in other podcasts. I don't know if I've mentioned on Scene Red, but I pay a dollar per page. Mm-hmm. So if you type this up for me when I finish, mm-hmm. every page on there, I will pay you a dollar. Mm-hmm. And it's most likely, I can tell you right now, it's going to be a $100 bill, at least a $100 <laughs> bill, you know. And I, I said something I really need done. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about formatting. Mm-hmm. Just follow the format because, um, you know, I write in one format, but the script format's in a different. different, yeah. You know, so, but once it's all typed up, I can just form it into the script that I need, the format. Yeah. So, if you're, in, well. Usually, like, It's if not I see even some... if you're interested. I'm asking you, please do this for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying usually when, uh, like, I type something up, I type everything as is on the page already. Yeah. So it'll be as is from the page to the page. And see, that that would make things. And you don't have to, like, space it or, or yeah. center it. You know, that's, you don't have to do none of that. Just, you know, just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Your mom, she's funny. She's like. You type too fast. I was like, I type too fast. Too fast. Yeah, she's like, you type too fast. She's like, how, how do you not have a job with computers and you type this fast? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just type. Like, I don't. When I'm looking up something, uh huh. usually it's like, Bruh. Like, I already know what I'm looking for. Like, passwords and stuff like that. No problem. So, yeah, I definitely, and I'll, I'll pay you. But I, I need that done, mm-hmm. you know, just so we can get to that next stage. Yeah, just uh, whenever you're done with it, just give me it and I'll type it up and then I'll... Uh, you just email I, I it I to me or... I can send it to your email. Yeah. So. Um, here's a question for you because I know you're... And I said this off air. I consider you and Rebecca my Japanese experts. Well, other than Ernie Nakata, who's actual Japanese. Japanese. But... Um, <laughs> Here's a question, because I was kind of pitching the idea about the Yotno movie to some of my coworkers because mm-hmm. they want to know what I was up to. You know, I, I actually was, was laying out some more uh, plots on my lunch, and they're like, you know, what are you doing? Because they don't usually see me write. You mm-hmm. know, I just listen to my, my uh, iPhone and just kind of sit there, or I'll get up and smoke, or, you know, but I really don't do much. And I was writing, and I explained, you know, what I was doing, and... They asked me, well, what's the movie's name? And I said, a Yotnom. And he's like, well, how do you spell that? I said, A-Y-O-T space N-O-M. So initially, if it was in Japanese, it would have been Nom Ayot. Yeah. Right? 
And he said that his sister-in-law, I think it was, he said his sister-in-law, was Japanese. And he's kind of up on the Japanese culture. And he said, there's no such names as a yolk and no. So I go online and I look it up. And it's very true. A yolk gnome is not, it's more of a Thai name than Japanese. Yeah. But I've already written a comic book about this. I already have history with the name a yolk gnome. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is, because once we go international... You can always translate it. There's no problem with that at all. As I've translated my name into Japanese before, and my name's Aaron Illich. Right. I have L's in my name. Okay. Yep. In Japanese, well, not even in Japanese, in other, uh, like, Asian cultures, they don't use L's, they use R's. Right. Except there's one L word mm-hmm. in Japanese and I think I've told this story before because um, Leia is obviously you know mm-hmm. and because she has a past and she becomes an assassin you know they take her name and they put it together to make Leia her assassin name Leia mm-hmm. which is actual Japanese culture if you become a samurai the shogun or the the chaplain or someone big mm-hmm. um, will give you your samurai name. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I think like conceited or something like that is actually an L word. Yeah. Though it's pronounced like a D in Japanese, but that's the only word in the entire because I went online and I looked at this entire Japanese <laughs> to English dictionary. It's funny. And I, I found one L mm-hmm. word. I'm like, wow. And though it doesn't really I made it work for the story, you know, conceited. But um, that essentially that was her name was conceited whatever the last name I gave her, and then she became a samurai assassin and they they merged it to Leah. Now, that's what I was going to ask you about with the movie of a Yolt gnome is. I know, I've already gone online. I've looked. I found like um, names that have the word a yo and gnome in them. Now, it, it could be like Nomosaki or what was the other one? A Yamamoto or some, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Those are actual Japanese names. You know, first name, last name. You could and, be like... Uh... And that could be his real name. But once he became a samurai, it was shortened to a yot gnome. Now, would that work? And with the name a yot gnome as the title... Mm-hmm. Would it offend the Japanese community? I would say it would correlate. Um, the thing, like you were saying uh, about the whole samurai assassin thing where they have the names combined, um, I would say have it be something like you were saying, like in the way. I translated my name as I used like actual um, characters from the hiragana and the katakana. You know what those are, right? Right, right. So I used the actual characters. And then when you put it, you translate it into English, it's just the letters themselves. But since, like like I said, my name has L's in it, or NL in it, um, you would have to put it as an R. So it it would translate it to English but with R so with that being said you would have to make it 
respond to that. That's the that's the only problem with that. So you can be like like uh like you were saying, um, I was thinking like how like Ayasaki, uh, and you you can you can always make up words because there's you, you can have original Japanese names without having to be like oh this name this name this name it doesn't have to be somebody like you know significant to Japanese culture you can always make up names this is gonna be fiction anyway right so. So, you're thinking even if if we have it broken down and, and turned a Yotnom, you don't think there would be a problem? No. It shouldn't be. As long as I explain... Yes, that. if you give the whole backstory on it, then yeah, you would have, it would be fine. But if you were to say like, oh, this is his name right now, and then his name changes later on, well, how, would, how did that happen? Well, you'd have to go on the whole backstory of like Leia... You know, right now the only one that I'm actually comfortable changing name-wise, because that was actually just a, a name that I pulled off the top of my head. Um, what was it, Hiroshimo? Um, obviously Hiroshimo. Hiroshima. Yes, and that's that's where you know I got the name was is from the the city town or the city state of of Hiroshima or Hiroshima. Yeah, Hiroshima. And. Uh, so I don't know if that'll actually fly well with the audience, and I don't have a problem changing the name of that that character because because it to me it would <laughs> it's gonna sound uh, like a little too um, like I'm going too in depth with it. No, no, no. But no. It, it'd be like oh, if something were to happen to that character named Hiroshima, it'd be like you're trying to kill Hiroshima again. Yeah, like. American master. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's another question for you. Um, I've had people go and kind of read the scripts, mm-hmm. and I just got input from them, just people I trusted at this point. You know, I'm not putting them out to main public to, to read. Now, there's a scene, there, there's quite a few scenes where Hiroshima refers to a Yotnum as master. Mm-hmm. And I was told by one individual that I should have him call her, uh, a Yotnam sensei. And... It'd be more like senpai. Senpai? No, what is that? It's teacher, basically. If it, if it would involve in, like, um... Because I, I, I used to watch a lot of Japanese anime. Right, right. So, when it comes to, like, a teacher, if it was, like, a... a like a licensed teacher, like an actual teacher teacher, uh-huh. it'd be sensei. Because he's supposed to teach. If it was like a person teaching somebody, it would be senpai. Because it's the nobility. Right. So. But would master... Because... <clears throat> I don't know why. That's just... I have a very... Very Jedi-esque type dialogue, if, you, if mm-hmm. you've picked up on that. Yeah. You know, because you've read the story. And it's very, you know, yes master, no master... And that's kind of the way I see the the two characters, you know, uh, Hiroshima, which is mm-hmm. obviously the student, and a Yotnome. I'm not probably giving too much away. You know, he's teaching Hiroshima, mm-hmm. and Hiroshima calls a Yotnome master. Mm-hmm. Now, is that appropriate, or would it, or would it be some sim- senpai? It would. 
I don't know. It would, it would really depend. Like, it would be between Sensei and Senpai. Okay, so Master, would, it wouldn't no. be Master? Uh-huh. Just because of the fact that he's basically his teacher, so it would be Sensei or Senpai. I don't know the whole, the whole thing on Senpai, though. Because I, I've seen a lot of, like, anime that involve both of them. Uh-huh. So, I, it, to me, it, I think it's more of a nobility type thing. So, even in... With, like... It being an English language um, movie, it, yeah, it, it still would be, because I think it would be just a little too cheesy if if the character said, you know, just straight out, yes, teacher, yeah, you know, in English. I don't to like yes, yeah, you know, or or, or you know, so we'll have to go with that. I was kind of curious, but my main concern was the name. Mm. Because, like I said, a Yolt Gnome, you know, I created in 1997. You know, we've had comic books on him. And he's got kind of a running history. Mm -hmm. And I don't, at this point in the game, I don't want to change his name. Yeah. So that was my big thing. Yeah, I would say just go on with the two different names combined into one. That way you still take, you still retain that original sense of the origin um and i told you at this point it will be two movies we're mm -hmm. looking at two movies so what i'm gonna do just so i don't kind of overwork myself i'm gonna finish the first script because mm. i already know what the second movie is in my head because it, the second movie kind of falls um where does that fall it falls it's still a prequel to to Bloody Red Path, which is the the, the graphic novel mm -hmm. that Rebecca was scripting with um, Slim ba Slim Black. It hasn't been published, but you know, as far as time frame wise, it actually predates that too. And then maybe Episode Three, the final story is going to kind of go into Bloody Red Path a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, where was I going with that? I just lost track. <laughs> what I was saying. Just explain you. So, um, I would say, yeah, just keep it with the prequels first. Like, boom, 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 backstory, 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 main story. Because everything leading up to that will be like, you know. Right, because, uh, no spoilers. I'm not giving no spoilers away. But just to say, at the end of the second movie, people are going to be like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you've read the comic book, so you kind yeah. of know, you know, what the what the fuck moment is. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the second script is when that what the fuck moment happens. Mm -hmm. So it, it's actually so no, it's not even going to be a two script. It's going to be three scripts now. I would I have say, to tell a third, third I, story. I would like to see it redone as a the manga. comic book. Yeah, as a manga though, like an actual graphic novel manga, one of the ones that is like two hundred page thing. Yeah, that would be awesome. Cause like, I like reading like <laughs> Samurai X, and I don't know if you ever seen or read Samurai X. That's Veroni Kenshin. Um, I'm familiar with like Blade of the Immortal. Yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, Samurai. That's another black and white one, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mangas are all. 
they're all usually black and white. But that's the one that opens from left to right, doesn't it? Instead of right to left, mm-hmm. it's in reverse. Mm-hmm. The samurai is all, excellent. All of the mangas are like that. All really? Of, mm-hmm. You read it backwards, so you open it like that. Interesting. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, I, that's why I would say I'd like to see it like that, because if you were to read it any other way, it would be, like, it, it would be weird. I don't know. That's just, to me, like, how you made the whole um, comic thing. Because I'm so used to reading manga. Um, you know, it's, like, when you go to, and, and this is the thing for me, it's, like, the only comic shops that were around for me was Silver Cactus Comics and that was uh, down the street about a mile and uh, you know, I, every day after school I'd, I'd, I'd walk home and then I would uh, I would just put my bag down and go all the way up the street and you know look at the different types of manga and the different types of comics because it's always intriguing to walk into a comic store and I know you know that from experience. Oh yeah, I miss comic book stores. Uh, the only I say, <clears throat> and it's funny too because me mentioning this, and I just remembered that almost everywhere I've moved, uh huh, there is at least one comic store. Not and, here, like, not in the high desert. Because I don't know if, if you ever come uh, down to Vegas with uh-huh. us. The, like as soon as you hit that freeway and come down Flamingo. And uh, it, it's like on the way to my mom's house. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. It's it's uh, on the, in this little uh, shopping center. And it's funny because it's right now right next to a uh, Vegas athletic club. <laughs> they trying to make a statement. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, and I walked into the place and the, the people they're really friendly. Like uh, they, they're like they got rows and rows and boxes of rows of comics. And they have like a whole uh, manga section in the back, and uh, it seems I, 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 the outside looks pretty cool because they got all these like illustration type things. You know what I'm talking about? Where they uh, they take like clips up like from comics and they put them like as, sort of like those poster things, like a flyer. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they have them like all over the windows. And um, I don't know if they still have it or not, but they had this open sign with the with the bat signal on it. And it was pretty cool. That's what like made me want to go there, just to figure out what you know what's in there. Um, when I went in there, it, it's just it, it felt like heaven to me almost, <laughs> because you know it, it it's what I like. I like comics, and I like anime, and those you know, to me is like it felt right, and. I really can't find that kind of feel here in the high desert, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I went in there and I talked to the people. Like I said, they're real nice. Um, I even asked them if they were hiring. They're like, yeah, but we don't have any uh, applications. So you got to fill it out online. They didn't even tell me where to fill it out. I was just like, okay. I wish I had money because nobody likes to go to a store and window shop. No, especially a comic book. Exactly. And, like, they had all these different like posters and stuff that you could buy um i don't know where where they got them from but you know they always just get stuff from places right but, and, you know, it's just like 
the kind of stuff that you wouldn't normally find in any other place. It's magical almost. <laughs> well, I told you about what happened with our comic book store. Mm-mm. Um, comics... hey, I wasn't even aware of that. Oh, yeah. We had com- uh, it was called Comics Plus, and they were. They had been in business for like 20 something years. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, the owner, I think his name was Mike, he got to the point because he was a big collector. Mm. And he started taking the high valued items for, for himself. himself. And it just collapsed. You know, because with a comic book shop, you make your money on back issues. Yeah. That's, that's where you make your money. Not so much the new stuff, it's all old stuff. Yeah, and if you take all the best premium back issues, and you take like you know the the statues and the busts, and you take all the good stuff for yourself, you're not going to make no money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why he he went because he it was the same owner from beginning to end. It was the same dude, but at one point he was just like taking all of it and and forget you know pretty much fuck the the consumer. Mm-hmm. He was taking all the best shit, and eventually it just bit them in the ass because the new sales like i said they don't pay your bills in fact new sales probably is less than maybe what a quarter of his business except all this you know i don't know if dc does it but marvel goes and they put out you know these special variants and if you can get like a sketch variant that's big bucks you know resale value on a sketch variant say say a new new shipment comes out today, mm-hmm. right? Brand new. You find a sketch variant in that pack, you can put it up for sale for 75 bucks. Even though it's brand new book, it's a sketch variant. And I don't know, it's very, the it's minimal, you know, the prints. Mm-hmm. And he was finding sketch variants and he was keeping them and it just, it blew up. And unfortunately, he was the only one up here in the high desert. And in fact, that was kind of one of my, my things I always wanted to do. There's a, a two-story um, Starbucks right here on Apple Valley Road and Bear Valley Road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always told myself, if, if it ever dry, goes out of business, I'm going to rent that fucker. And I'm going to make it a drive through comic shop. <laughs> you can go through. Funny. What do you want? I'll take the new copy of Batman, X-Men, and you know, throw something good on top of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Please pull forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, that's actually something I've always wanted to do. That would be pretty cool, though. But yeah, the, ever since then, there's no... Um, when I was really close uh, friends with a guy named Mario, we gone down to Riverside. The closest comic book shop is, is in Riverside. And uh, we went down there a couple times. But it was just, you know the gas prices and to drive all the way down there it just wasn't worth it even to find back issues it just wasn't worth it so I haven't bought a a back issue in a long time like I said Vegas has uh, Silver Cactus Comics Um, they that place that I just mentioned um, they it's a great comic store I mean I don't know like how many because I know they have comics comics they got at least 10 bookshelves of comics. Not to mention all the boxes in the middle of the floor. Right. And all of bookshelves near the front desk. So, I mean, they, it's, they, they have books, comics. Only comic books, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. 
and like I said, they got posters, they got manga, and to me, it's just like it. It's a very home feeling, you know. <laughs> you know, since we're talking about comics and a Yotnome everything, I don't know. Maybe because that could be done. The script could be easily turned into a comic book. Mm-hmm. You know, well, not a comic book. It would be a graphic novel. Yeah, that sucker. If you put pictures to that, you know, most actually, manga are graphic novels. Are they? Yes. So maybe that's why they're so thick. Maybe that's what we'll do. Is um, you know, once we get the financing for a Yotno, mm-hmm. then kind of a side project for it would be to put together an Yotno graphic novel, mm-hmm. manga novel, graphic novel. You know, dedicated to that story. Uh, essentially, what it be it would be the same story being told on screen, mm-hmm. but it would just be a comic book version. Yeah. And release at the same time. Kind of like the way um, uh, bad analogy, but this is probably the best best I can think of, is when Tim Burton's Batman came out in 1989, Mm -hmm. um, that same day, they dropped the comic book version of the movie. Mm -hmm. And do something similar to that. Yeah. And then... There's also, I found this out just recently too. I didn't realize that. And S. Sadie Burbank's the one that initially brought the concept to my idea because I told her the, the plot behind the story. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Oh, that sounds like a video game. And I said, Well, video games, you know, we could make a Yotnome for 450000 but, you know, video games are millions of dollars. But Kickstarter, I don't know if we, did we talk about Kickstarter this episode or last episode? I think it was this episode. Um, or, no, I, we talked about it last episode, very end. Towards the end of it? Yeah. Um, Kickstarter actually has a specific area for video game financing. So mm-hmm. that might be something in the future, too. So, you know, someday here in the near future, you could be playing the uh, Yelp Gnome video game. Well, it's, when I, I think I was talking about this uh, a few episodes back. I told you about that game that initially... It, I think it was a comic, or it turned into a comic, or something like that. And it, it was a video game from Kickstarter, the original um, thing was. Like really? I said, I can't remember if it was a comic at first. I think it was a comic at first. But, I don't know. Yeah, it, it just, it was, uh, they got the guy from Marvel and did some of the DC stuff, I remember explaining that. Uh-huh. And they made it into a video game. Now, this is all just hypothetical, but I just want to kind of pick your brain about it. Mm. If we were to make a Yotnum video game, who would you go with? Who would be the company that you would, you know... Um, Namco Bandai. Bandai? Namco Bandai. Namco Bandai. And, and they'd combine their company. The... And I think uh, a lot of people are, and I think you're familiar with it too. It's Bandai, you know. Yes. Um, Namco Bandai, they merged. Okay. I mean, obviously the name. Um, what they do, and I don't know if anybody has played these games, but the Naruto, uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm games, and Naruto is an anime, of course. Okay. And a manga. Um, they make those games. Um, and 
produce them at a very high quality. Because there's always, I mean, with Naruto, it's kind of repetitive. You know, everybody does the same shit, same shit, same shit, same shit. But they always find a new way to reimmerse it to the public. Interesting. So, I mean, with that being said, like, you, you give them an idea of, you know, draw up, like, some panels of, like, say, the screen or whatever, and you get somebody to do that, and then finance it through Kickstarter, and, um, try to develop it through Bandai Namco and get the people that do the games for, from Bandai Namco, because they've also done, I think they've also done a Bleach game, their new one or whatever, and, uh, some other ones as well but yeah they, they all of the anime games that i've ever seen have always been through bandai namco really mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that would actually be something that i would put in your hands um even because you know i never really thought about it but I, i've heard people talk about you actually have to write a script yes, to, you do. to do that and I'm very comfortable at writing different scripts and, and comic books or movies or, you know... I mean, it's movies. very similar to a movie. Is it? But I was going to say, yes, like, the concept of writing a, you would have a to video get, game script just kind of blows my mind. You would have to get uh, more dialogue. Because it would be, like... To me, it would be, like, a JRPG mixed with uh, I don't know if you've ever played the game Dynasty Warriors. No? Uh-uh. Well, basically, Dynasty Warriors is... And I'm just going to give the lowdown real fast. Basically, it's a like a run-around-type hack-and-slash game. Okay. But it, there's story involved in it. But it would be more along... Uh, this is the way I'm thinking about it. It would be like... Sort of like that. But you would have, like, say, you run through the woods or whatever. Da-da-da-da-da. And then you got your ninja assassins coming out. And then uh, it starts like a, a little quick scene sequence, and it's like, or whatever. And then like an actual like, animated sequence. Yeah, and then it shows like, like a, a little CGI type thing, and then you go into the actual battle, and it's like a forested area of where you fight in, and then it's like 360 degrees, and you're like, you get to throw ninja stars, you get to attack with your sword, or you get to use items and stuff like that. See that—that that to me would be like it, it would seem more of a game like that. Yeah, I can see that. And how much? How much would a game like that cost? Just a rough idea. Uh, hell if I know. Like I, millions. Would it be? <laughs> it, it, it'd be close to millions. Like three, four million dollars. Just because of all of the, like the graphics and the, the actual gameplay, because all that. I mean, even though it's easier now than uh -huh. it was before to do that it still costs money to get people to program and stuff like that right so and then like if you say you're gonna if you were gonna write the script for yourself um it would cost less money to do that to get the script done for yourself would be less money because you don't have to hire somebody for that obviously right um and the only thing that I don't like about Kickstarter is that you have to give them 10%. Not only that, you have to keep paying them until you get almost their value until your contract is up. Explain. Because usually, and this is what I, I've, I've seen about, you know that game Final Fantasy, the, the one we were beta testing? Yes. Um, 
I seen a thing on IGN, and IGN is a uh, basically a video game review type site. Uh-huh. And this guy was saying that um, one of the directors of the game said that you know the only reason this we are making sure that this isn't going to go free to play is because we don't have investors to pay back. That way, they keep their money to invest into the game for themselves for what they want to put into the game. Right. That way, they have more of their budget to put into the game from money back. That's why a lot of MMOs that are like good MMOs, uh-huh. they're not free to play. Because if you notice, like World of Warcraft is free to play up to a certain point. Um, Star Wars: The Old Republic is free to play up to a certain point. Terra's free to play up to a certain point because they've all had investors, right? And they paid. They they uh, they what they have is like a, a set contract with these investors for pay to play, and if they don't get that amount of money back to the investors within that their contract within their contract, uh-huh. the game goes free to play. And that's why a lot of games flop is because they have to pay back their investors. But with Kickstarter, it's good because they don't require for you to pay back a lot of money. Right. Well, it, what it is is it's um, 10%, what is it, 10% that they get mm-hmm. of the money. And then what is it, 5% you have to... It's like pay it forward or some shit like yeah. that. Um, so 15% isn't really that bad. No. In fact, if you were... If, if, it, if, was, if the budget was higher, then yeah, it would be more money. But if it's if it's only like... I mean, it's going to be a lot of money anyway. Because thousands of dollars. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you just... If it was like any higher than it was, it would be a lot more money. So... That's why I said like a lot of games go free to play because they spend so much on their budget. Now, would it? Again, this is just all hypothetical, you mm-hmm. know, just because um, if we were to do something like that, if we were to to make uh, an Yoke known video game, would it be like the DC Universe? Would it be an online game to play, or would it be console based? What's What's the way to go? What's the best way to do it? DC Universe is console-based, and it's also online-based. Um, the, the only thing that I can see for right now, um, just because I know MMOs, uh-huh. they take a longer time, and they take a lot of people uh, to, to create. Yeah, and it just it would be a long process to do. Because with DC Universe Online, there it's... It's still in beta. There's still things wrong with the game they've never fixed since day one. Just because it's so huge. Yes. And they keep adding more content to keep their customers satisfied. So that's another one of their downfalls. So, on a, a financially speaking basis... It would... It would it'd you can offer sense. online play. Like, that's not a problem. But the main thing for the game would have to be more or less along the lines of a single player type thing. Like, right. you go through the campaign, you earn stuff for the story, you, you 
unlock stuff. You know, um, like I said, you can run around like free roam through the campaign uh, and like go through the woods. You know, go through the towns and stuff like that, and uh, you know, talk to different people, get quests. You know, go on like a journey and then go into certain areas and then have it be sort of like Final Fantasy. It's like where you like run into enemies that aren't nearby. Right. They just attack you because you know in like little cutscene boom 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 and then it's like free roam attack but it's 360 degree area but it's a secluded area gotcha so you know what I'm talking about right and you can go all around but once you get to that border you can't cross it no so and then once you're out of battle it'll show like a like a scorecard of what you know what the currency is that you got from it what kind of items you got from it what kind of experience you got from it. And I, I think it would be cool. Like, you level up the character itself. It's sort of, sort of something like that, you know? I think it would be cool. <clears throat> I think that would be fun. And that's that's definitely something on the table. And to me, it, it's like... Um, I mean, I showed you the, the Castlevania trailer, obviously. Oh, but yes. I haven't showed you the actual gameplay. The gameplay is sort of similar to that. Where like you level up at a certain point and then... Uh, you can unlock new skills. And you can use those new skills and level up those skills while you're using them for how many enemies you've killed. And that's what I like about that game is because it, it is more or less along the lines since it has a higher budget from because it's from Konami. Right. Um, you can. It's completely free roam. You kill the monsters that are already out there. It's like Devil May Cry. And I think you play Devil May yeah, Cry. Yeah, I've, I've. And that. Uh, it, it's just a great game because, I mean, budget speaking, I wish we could do that, but it would cost more. Because it would be better to do that, you know, than to just be like, run in a certain area, or I mean, run, you know, through the, like a forest, you know, to go to a quest, and then you're attacked randomly, you know. Right. It's, yeah, it would be fun either way. Well, the neat thing is, is it's a possibility now. Yeah. And. And I still don't quite get the full logic behind the investors of mm. Kickstarter. You know, I really don't get that logic. Uh, but bless them nonetheless. You yeah. Know, because, I mean, it's for you, where you're at in your life being 20 years old and having all this technology at the tip of your fingers, mm. you know, by the time you're my age, who knows? I mean, shit. A year ago, did you think that you're going to be podcasting and, and investing? Actually, in- uh, I would, I would say uh, a year ago, I, I wanted a podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I mean, I've told you about the whole uh, off air. I told you about the whole right. thing with that guy, and you know that that got me thinking. It's like, well, you know, and I told you originally. I mean, uh, like if you couldn't get it to work with Terry, where he just sends you the audio and then you just respond, and then. Um, I would say you could just go on Skype, record the Skype call, and edit the audio. I've yet to figure out how it works with Skype. Um, all you do? But doesn't that cost money to do? Skype to Skype call is free. A Skype call is free? Yes. Skype to Skype call, though. If you call anybody on a landline or a cell phone, it costs money. So, for example, if you say you have a Skype, I have a Skype. You can call for free. I call you. Now, how does that work? I mean... It's just... You have to set up an account. Um, normally, it's it's free. 
to set up. I mean, you can always add currency to it if mm-hmm. you wanted to. Um, but yeah, it's Skype. It's a Skype calling. It's free. All you have to do is set up an account and then add me or add Rebecca. You just gotta add the name and then click on the name call, and then you click record. Now, how? Like, I would literally set up the rig we have, and I would just call. Yeah. And with our editing software, I just hit record, and it would work. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's just um. I think when you save Skype calls, it goes in as regular audio file. I'm not completely sure on that because I've never actually recorded one. Uh-huh. But um, from what I understand, uh, if you save a recorded file, you can edit that. So you can convert it into MP3. So I might have to check that out. Because like I said, it's it's completely free. Like if you were going to like actually podcast with Terry, you could do it completely live and then go back and then edit it. And it would sound good? Yeah. It was just it, the only thing would be the quality of the mic. That's the only thing. Oh, depending on what kind of mic. Yeah. Because uh, when I told you about uh, the microphone we have for uh, the PlayStation. Right. It's almost the same exact mic. And when you have it on, it's, it's fine. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing uh, that I was telling you about. When I had my old headset, like the big one I was telling you about. Uh-huh. I used to do that all the time, a uh, Skype call, and play different games, because PlayStation 3, they, they announced this way, way back when PlayStation was coming out for the E3. Um, they were like, oh yeah, it's going to have cross-game chat, and it never got cross-game chat. Now, with the PlayStation 4, it's supposed to have cross-game chat, because that was something that they promised way back when. So, that, like I said, when you play like single-player games, and stuff like that, I was playing Assassin's Creed. And I would be calling my friend Leo, and we'd be talking through the mic. He'd be playing like uh, Blaze Blue, which is like a fighting game. I'd be playing Assassin's Creed, and we'd be talking about different stuff like that. That's cool. That's I don't know. That that kind of blows my mind. Yeah, like I, I was trying to explain it. You're like, but no, I'm following you. It, it's just like I said. I don't know about the whole recording thing. Maybe you try that out. Okay, and before we close, I, I never did finish a thought from last episode, mm-hmm. um, and I just want to go ahead and, and put this in. You know, we were talking about finding new shows for the network, the Jason Modcast mm-hmm. Network. Um, I never said how, if somebody's interested in, in submitting this, uh, you know, uh, a new podcast to this, uh, the network, how to do it. So this is the couple things that you need to think of. Um, number one is. You have to have a decent audio recording. Um, like I said last episode, don't use a Windows-based computer and, and try to use their built-in mic. That will not cut it. No, it won't. You uh, have to you have to actually invest a little bit of money, um, at least to get a thirty-dollar mic, because you can always get. I mean, for these mics, like these are good mics, but if you want to get like a I mentioned to you like a regular headset mic with the the boom on it right that works just as well as this and yeah. it only costs about 20 30 dollars and see just in our mics alone we're not talking about stands or we're just talking mics we have 120 dollars in mics alone mm-hmm. um and that's just because i wanted a good 
mic. And uh, obviously there's better mics out there too. Yes. But uh, that's something to think about. Use a mic. Um, have your stuff edited because that's a big thing with what I'm going to be requesting is if if you're a new show, you're going to have to do your own editing. Now, you send me your MP3, if I accept you, I'm going to you know plop on our advertisement. But other than that, that's all I want to do. You know, as have far it be at least 45 minutes as well. Yes. At and that the was, very minimal. Yes, very minimal, 45 minutes. Um, and though we, we call ourselves Seeing Red, we really don't go out of our way to be rude or um, vulgar or, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, so, and, and you don't have to keep it clean because we cuss, you know, on all our shows we cuss. Yeah. So you don't have to keep it clean. But, and it's not just, like, it's a, it's like a continuous thing like, fuck shit down. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's just like every other. Be considerate. Yeah. And then once you get all that in, uh, you need to have your own intro music. And like I said, edit yourself. 45 minute minimum. Good sound quality. MP3 format. Don't send me, uh, what is it, a, a, a WMA? Yeah, don't, no. <laughs> no, no. Um, send me MP3 and send it to jazelmodcast underscore submissions at jazelmon.com and I will listen to them. Mm. And if I like it, I'll, I'll write you back. If I don't, I might write you back. I, I haven't really decided if, if I'm going to take the time to you know, respond to every single submission, mm -hmm. depending on how many submissions we get. So that's just the thought. and I want to throw it out there because I do want to start expanding the network and, and getting some more people on board. Okay, kids, that's it for this week. I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Oates. And if you're just not into cartoons and comic books and all that we represent here on Scene Red, then you might be Scene Red. Mm -hmm. Have a good night. <laughs> Welcome to Scene Red.